Amazing. Good morning, everyone. Oh, it's so awesome to be here. Just love the 10 a.m. Just turn to the person next to you and say, you're looking good this morning. What a good-looking crowd. Love you guys. <laughs> it's amazing to be here. And uh, yeah, just so excited about all that God's doing. I loved Vision Sunday last week. What a highlight it is every single year. And if you missed it, please do catch up. It was just awesome. Uh, speaking about uh, 2023, His presence, uh, His presence within us, His presence for the world around us, uh, and then a place for His presence, the next steps in our building project. Uh, so excited about it, and thank you so much. Already people starting to give and pledge last week. I know many of you will uh, be able to do that this week with your cards coming back in. Uh, and um, yeah, God's got it, and it's just going to be an awesome stretching adventure for all of us. I was at a um, party last night for one of our, our ladies celebrating her birthday, one of our partners here at City, uh, who's been around for many years. And she said, isn't it awesome? And you guys must just feel so humbled and grateful that uh, you're kind of uh, the, the, the moment that this is happening. It's uh, in your time. And I said, that is, that is exactly right. What an honor, what a privilege, having been around for many years. Uh, but now this is the moment of taking this next step. And how amazing that God would entrust that to us uh, and to us as a family. And I hope that you feel that sense of, of gratitude for it as well, uh, that God has used this moment and he's going to use us. Amen. <laughs> you might wonder, how's he going to do that? You can look around to the person to your left and your right. It's through us. Uh, how incredible. God owns everything, but he still uses us. Isn't that amazing? And so thank you for your partnership with us. Uh, we so appreciate it. Amen. Actually, um, yesterday there was the parent, the dad, uh, dad and kids hangout. Uh, even through the incessant rain, they came out and they did it uh, and moved the whole thing here into this atrium. So there was jumping castles and etc. Uh, all around here in this room, kids going crazy. Uh, and I looked at the photo of it and I thought, that's just a little bit of a glimpse into the future when we're out of this building, next generation is in this building, and seeing how awesome that could look and how awesome that could be. So, uh, yeah, just so much to be grateful to God for. Amen. Hey, I'm starting a, a two-week series this morning called The Generous Heart, uh, so I get to kick it off, but I wanted to let you know, put it in your diaries, that next week, part two is going to be preached by Rory Dyer, uh, who is a phenomenal preacher, a leader of 3CR Church uh, in Centurion. And he is going to come and preach. He's got an incredible prophetic gift. He's got a word on his heart for us as a church, and you don't want to miss out on that. So next Sunday, all three gatherings, Rory Dyer preaching. Uh, so bring people with you. Be here. It's honestly going to be one of the highlights of the year. Don't miss that one next Sunday. Amen. So I get to kick off this week, Generosity. And uh, we talk about this uh, from time to time, specifically in our preaching, but it's, it's part of who we are as a church. It's part of uh, who we should be uh, as a people of Christ followers, as a generous people. And so uh, I love preaching into this. I wonder this morning, if you were th to think about your own life, how many of you, if I were to ask you, would put up your hand and say, I'm a generous person. I wonder how many of you think of yourself as a generous person. I wonder if I spoke to your friends and family, uh, if I asked them, is uh, Dean a generous person, what would Dean's friends and family say? I'd say yes, absolutely, uh, having known Dean for a long time. Uh, and, uh, but what would your friends say about you? Would they, would they call you a generous person if I were to ask them? Uh, how many of you would say, I want to be a generous person? Is that a desire in your heart? I want to say to you this morning, it should be. I'm going to get into it. Generosity. Isaiah chapter 32 verse 8 helps us over here so well. It tells us, but generous people, look at this, plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm in their generosity. How awesome is that? 
It's telling us that it is an intentional action that you take. Generous people plan it. They plan to do what is generous, A. But then B, they stand firm in their generosity. And so when times are up or times are down, whatever the case might be, they stand firm that God has called me into a life of generosity. They plan it. What, what it's telling us is that generosity is not a personality trait, you know? It's not, it's not a personality trait. You're not going to find generosity when you take one of those personality profile tests. You're going to find it on there. It's not a personality trait. It, it's not a, gener- a, a genetic predisposition. Generosity is a choice. Generous people choose to do what is generous. It's a choice that you make. It's a decision that you make. And it's a decision that you can make. Why? Because of God's grace. Amen. Because of God's abundant grace in our lives for what he already did for us. We cannot give that, amen? But we can make the choice to live generous lives because of his grace, because of what he's already done. And so generosity is a choice that we make. Generosity is a lifestyle that we live out as Christ followers. Generous people are generous because they have chosen to cultivate in their lives. They've chosen to make a plan in their lives to be generous, A, but then to persevere in their generosity, which I think is so important for us as Christ followers. And and so a hallmark of every Christian, you in this room this morning, if you say, I follow Christ, a hallmark of your life should be one of generosity. It should be known, it should be seen. Part of what we reflect of, uh, of Jesus, you know, we call to reflect Jesus in everything that we do, is generosity. There's no such thing as an ungenerous Christian. Because as we reflect Jesus, we must remember that Jesus himself is the benchmark of generosity. There's no one more generous than him. And so part of what we reflect of him as we live out our lives day to day should be generosity. You should be known for it. We should be known for it. I'm so blessed that I feel like this is a church that is known for it. You have been absolutely incredible in living out generosity in all ways as a church uh, over the past few years and always. You know, when we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What that means is that our lives, our worlds need to reflect and need to represent the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Everything that we do here on earth should be a reflection of that which is in heaven. Now, we might not know everything about heaven, but one thing we do know is that seated there in heaven at the right hand of the Father is Jesus. Amen. The most generous person that ever walked the planet. Jesus is in heaven. And so we need to reflect Jesus and all the attributes of Jesus down here on earth. Amen. And to say that everything that we know about generosity, you know, sometimes we think we're we're clever in our own ways, but everything that we know about generosity, we have learned from God. Amen. Everything about it we've learned from God. Because God is generous in the unconditional and everlasting love that He lavishes upon us. That's generosity from God. We've learned that from Him. God is generous in the forgiveness that He freely offers us. How many of you are grateful for God's forgiveness this morning? We've learned that from him. He's generous in his acceptance from us. That when we thought that no one could accept us, God did. And we've learned that that part of his generosity from him. You know, probably the most famous verse in the whole Bible, John 3.16. I'm sure you could quote it for me. tells us a lot about this. It tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but will have eternal life. The key words I want you to take from that verse this morning is loved and gave. Can you see that these two are inextricably linked? God so loved the world and so therefore he gave. Love and gave. Love and generosity. You can't separate the two. Galatians 2 verse 20 tells us, I have been crucified with Christ. It says, I am, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's so awesome. And then it says, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Ephesians 5.25, another famous one. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, loved the church, and gave himself up for her. Loved and gave, loved and gave. And so we can see from this that love is expressed through our giving. This is maybe something that you need to jot down this morning. Our love is expressed through our generosity. Love is expressed through giving. If there's no generosity of heart, if we're not living out this generous heart, there isn't evidence that love exists, amen? You see, love giving is a proof of, love is a proof of generosity, Generosity is the action that demonstrates love. You can't have one without the other. Towards the end of last year, we spoke about the extravagant nature, the overly generous nature of God, how we should reflect that extravagance, that over-generosity in our own lives and as worshipers. But this verse shows the levels of God's generosity. He loved humanity so much that he held absolutely nothing back. He didn't even hold back his one and only son. He gave everything. And so he gave his absolute best. But that act of extreme generosity began where? It began in his heart first. He loved and so he gave. How awesome is that this morning? I want you to take away from what I'm saying over here that generosity isn't just a nice thing to do, but it's actually the gospel in action. Generosity is actually the gospel in action in our day-to-day lives. And so Jesus giving himself up on the cross, yes, that was the most extravagant demonstration of love that Jesus showed towards us when he did that. But how many of you know that what Jesus did is he also gave his life away for us one moment at a time? When we read through the, 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 the Gospels, we see that Jesus gave his life away moment by moment, one moment at a time. This generosity of life that we see, that we, we should reflect in Jesus, was seen in the interactions with the people all around him. You know, often the people uh, that others thought were not important enough, the ones that they, that they didn't want Jesus to get to, they didn't think they were important enough, were the exact people that Jesus showed his most generosity towards. The least and the last and the lost were the ones that Jesus actually poured himself out for most. The least, the last, and the lost. Every single day, we see Jesus giving his life away. Why? Because it was expressing the generous heart of his own father. That is what we're called to. That is what we're called to live out on a daily basis. You know, when we speak about generosity, here at City, when we speak about a generous heart. We're not only just talking about money, all right? Now, we don't need to shy away from talking about money. We don't do that here at City. We need to talk about it. 
But when I speak about a generous heart, we're talking about your whole life. We're talking about generosity that reflects more than just money. It reflects the generous nature of God in all ways. It reflects the generous nature of God in our time that we give, uh, in our energy that we give, in the way that we serve, in the way that we sign up to volunteer, in our priorities in our life, the way that we speak. All of this is part of the generous life that we need to carry ourselves to reflect Jesus in. And so in the time that we have left this morning, I'm going to look at what happens when we start to live out the generous heart, when you let this sink in deep, when you let this go deeper and take root in your heart, what's going to happen in your life? The first thing, if you take your notes this morning, that will happen when you start to live out the generous heart is we turn the focus off ourselves. Amen. I don't know how many of you in the room will be able to resonate with this this morning. But through the years that we've gone through, I think it's become an easy trap to turn a lot of attention and a lot of, a lot of focus back on ourselves. Uh, in, in a city that we live in like Joburg, a lot of the attention is focused on ourselves. But what happens when you start to live out a generous heart is it helps us take that attention off ourselves. I love this passage in Mark chapter 10 from verse 46. We can read it together. It says that they came to Jericho. Uh, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. Verse 47, many rebuked, uh, when, and when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped, everybody say stopped, and said, call him. They called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. And so we see the scene happening over here. Jesus and the disciples are on their way to Jerusalem. They're walking through this town of Jericho, and people just start showing up, and this happened all the time with Jesus. And so left, right, and center, crowds started building up. Commotion started building up. Just to try to get someone's attention in the noise must have been virtually impossible. And Jesus is at the center of all of this, and this is when this blind man, Bartimaeus, starts calling out, Jesus, won't you heal me? Won't you heal me? Notice the two different reactions. The crowd has one type of reaction. They try to silence him. They, they try to say, Jesus is too important for you. Go, go away. And actually what we see in that reaction from the crowd is it's a reaction of selfishness. Amen? It's a reaction of, of, of keeping their attention on, the, on themselves. That's the wrong. The, the opposite, the opposite of, of a selfish reaction would be a generous reaction. And that's what Jesus' response was in the moment. Jesus' response was one of generosity because it tells us Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped. And as someone was crying out for Jesus to have mercy on them, Jesus shows us that he was able to stop in that moment, stop the noise around him, and stop for just one person. The generous heart of Jesus is revealed in this moment over here. And I feel like what God is saying to us today is that this is something that we should reflect as followers of him, amen. 
you know, how often do we stop for people? Now, I know I've lived in this city my whole life. Joburg is a busy city, amen? Got a bunch of new uh, Americans here with Impact Africa. Hey, guys, we're in a busy city in Joburg. I know that you've probably come from one as well. But it's busy. And so stopping for even one second is not natural for us as Joe Burgers, amen? We, we just want to be busy. We want to move on. We want get, to get done what we need to get done. We programmed by a place like Joburg to just keep moving. The focus is so much on what we need to do, and our focus is so much on ourselves that we've lost the ability to stop, and we've lost the ability to find an opportunity for generosity in our busy lives, and that is tragic. Now, the question is, can we stop for everyone? Here's a, here's a little tip. We can't stop for everyone, amen? Dean knows this, working with CoLab, there's so much to stop for. We can't stop for everyone. But just because we can't stop for everyone doesn't mean that we shouldn't stop for some, amen? We need to be able to pause and stop. I think, we should, I think what we should take out from this this morning in 2023 is to make an action point of deepening in God's presence in 2023 for the ability to hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day, minute-to-minute lives to say, where should I stop? Who should I stop for? How can I demonstrate generosity in this moment? I think that that would be such an awesome action point for us. What are the opportunities for generosity that the Holy Spirit is nudging you towards today and tomorrow and the next day. Love and generosity. It's taking the intentionality to take the focus off ourselves, first of all, and then to stop, be proactive and stop and be led by the Holy Spirit in who can we demonstrate the love of and who can we demonstrate the generosity of Jesus for today. Amen. Is that good this morning? First thing, take the attention off yourself. The second thing that starts happening when we develop this generous heart, is we defeat materialism. Come on, that should be good news for someone this morning. We need to defeat materialism. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. I love this one. It tells us, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Amen. You cannot do it. And so not only do we live in a materialistic world, we live in a hugely materialistic city. Amen? We know this. We live in a city that was literally founded upon a gold rush, all right? It's all about the money here in Joburg. And so there's greed, there's materialism, forcefully carries on even to this day in Joburg. You know, we live in a city that people will come and use and abuse and make as much money as they can, as quickly as they can, and get out of here as fast as they can. That's the city that we live in. It's a city of materialism. But how many of you know God didn't put you here by accident, amen? God put you here on purpose. Someone needs to hear that this morning. I think that when we speak about this and we speak about money and all of this, one of the biggest mind shifts that you and I can make and need to make about money especially when we live in a city like Joburg, is we need to understand that money is amoral. Amoral, all right? What that means is, is money doesn't have a life. Money can't act on its own volition. It, money 
on its own can't do good. Money on its own can't do bad. Basically, money is neither good or bad. Only you can tell money what to do, all right? In other words, money in itself can't be good or evil, but how you put your money to use can be used for good or it can be used for evil. Amen. You need to get to that understanding about money. It's, it's one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible, that money is the root of all evil. How many have ever heard that? It's a misquoted verse. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 tells us, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And so what we're learning is that money, the money that you have in your hands, the money that you have in your bank account, rather, is, uh, can be used in a very real way to actually be a platform to demonstrate the love and the hope of Jesus with those people in your lives. The money that you have in your hand can be used as a platform to demonstrate the hope of Jesus to people around you. How many of you know Joburg needs the hope of Jesus? We've been banging that drum. Your money can be a platform for that. Vaughan teaches this so well in the finance initiative again yesterday. The way that you manage your money, the way in which you budget your money, the way in which you give, the way in which you view debt can all provide you with an incredible platform to bring hope and share love of Jesus to those around you. But then conversely, the opposite is also true. The wrong view of money, the wrong view of handling money, the love of money can lead you down the path of becoming a worshiper of money instead of a worshiper of Jesus. And what a slippery slope that can be. Amen. So Jesus is clear over here. Don't you love it when, when the Bible's just clear? He tells us you cannot serve both God and money. You cannot, hear this this morning, you cannot serve both God and money. You can't be fully devoted to two masters. It's either one or the other. Either you're a master to God or you're a master to money. Not both. It can't be both. Jesus is saying you can't be sold out to money and be sold out to God. How many of you know you can't be a sold out fan of the pirates and the chiefs? Come on, somebody. You can't be a sold out fan of Manchester United and Liverpool. All Liverpool ever, amen, somebody in the room. Yes, everybody agrees with that this morning, Vaughan. Everybody agrees with that. <laughs> you can't do it. It's the same as God and money. Jesus said you will either love the one and hate the other, you'll either be devoted to one and despise the other. Earlier on in Matthew chapter six, I love this. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, hello, <laughs> but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Someone needs to hear this afresh this morning. Where your heart is, there your treasure is. His point is, that if you truly believe in eternity, if you truly believe in an eternal life, we won't invest all of our time and all of our finances into possessions and entertainments that will simply perish. Amen? If you, this morning, if you truly believe it, if you truly believe in an eternity, you're not going to invest all of your money 
into earthly possessions and entertainments. Instead, you will pour out your energy. You'll pour out your resources. You'll also pour out your behaviors and your actions into something that will resonate for eternity. A reminder this morning uh, that was famously quoted in that movie that I'm forgetting what it is now. But everything that you do today echoes into eternity. Everything that you do today echoes into eternity. And so the way that you give, the way that you manage your money today will echo into eternity. You know, it's often said, and it's true, when people have passed away or they say you can't take it with you. You can't take possessions with you. And there's truth in that. You can't take what you have with you. But hear this this morning, you can take what you give with you. You can take what you've given here on earth, what you've sowed here on earth, what you've invested here on earth will go with you in eternity. Everything you do here echoes into eternity. And so the question is, how do you do it? How do you store up treasure in heaven? You do it by laying down treasure on earth. Lay down your treasures on earth so you store up treasures in heaven. Where is your treasure? It's not a rhetorical question. I'm asking you this morning to think, where is your treasure? What is your treasure? Where is your heart? Maybe you're finding that there's a disconnect there. I want to say that we can defeat materialism by storing up our treasures in heaven, living out a generous heart now, investing in an eternity. Amen? 1 Timothy 6, 18 It says, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works, storing up treasures, and and should give happily to those in need, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they'll be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity, and they'll be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. How cool is that? Store up your treasures in heaven. As we live out this generous heart, I want to say we can defeat the culture of materialism all around us. How many of you want to do that this morning? Come on. Amen. Amen. All right. The third one, the third thing that happens when you start living out a generous heart is our faith grows. Your faith will actually grow as you live out a generous heart. I'm going to read a passage from 2 Corinthians verse 9. It's a bit of a long one. It's called The Cheerful Giver, but I think it helps us so much to show as you live this out, your, your faith continues to grow. It says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. We should be cheerful in it. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. 
For the ministry of the service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, it is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of the service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. And so the question is, how do you know that your life is fully surrendered to God, like it's saying over there? How do you know that you are fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus? How do you know that you live in a life of trusting Jesus for every area and every moment of your life? How would you know if you're growing in your own faith? Well, one way of knowing that is through the evidence of generosity in your life. That's what it's saying. Another translation of verse 13 says, your giving proves the reality of your faith. So Paul says that your decision to embrace generosity as a lifestyle will affirm your faith in him. Paul is saying that when you choose to live generously with your time, when you choose to live generously with your attention, your energy, your material wealth, you are simultaneously affirming your dependence on God. Amen. So your trust is affirmed in God. Your dependence is affirmed in God. Your obedience is affirmed in God. Or in another way of saying it, your faith is affirmed in God when you live out a generous heart. Your faith grows as you live out generosity. Amen. I think many of us this morning would love to see the evidence of our faith growing on a day-to-day basis. And what we're learning over here is a generous life, a generous heart will grow your faith in Jesus. Amen. Quickly, the last one before we wrap up this morning. We're most like Jesus when we're generous. You want to know what it looks, looks like to look like Jesus? Well, you're most like Jesus when you're generous. Because we'll only fully understand the generous heart when we understand that generosity always begins from a place of love. It always begins from a place of love. It's true to say that you can give without loving. You can definitely give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And so the measure of your generous heart lived out today is the measure of your love. The more you give of yourself, your time, your attention, your affection, your patience, of your treasure, the more you love. This is exactly what Jesus meant in John 15 verse 13 where it says, greater love has no man than this, than that someone lay down his life for his friends. Greater love has no one than this. Why does Jesus say that there's no greater love than to give away your life? Because you can't give anymore, amen? It's total commitment when you give your life for someone. When, when we see love in a sentence, we can read generosity. It's, it's essentially expressing the same thing. John 13, verse 35, by this all people will know that you are my disciples, how? If you have love for one another. And so this morning, by understanding that love results in a generous life, we see that Jesus indicated his disciples would be known for their generosity. They're known for their love. It means that they are known for their generosity. I want to say that Christians, Christ followers, us as a church, we should be famous for our generosity. I dream that we would be a church that sticks out like a sore thumb in Joburg 
because of a generosity and a generous spirit within us. Amen. That God would do that within us. We should be known for it. This is the way that Jesus says people would know that we are his true followers by our generosity, by our love for one another. Our love and our generosity, they are inextricably linked. And so we shouldn't be known for our fighting between each other. We shouldn't be known for our preaching. We shouldn't be known for uh, if our, our doctrine is right or not. We should be known at the end of the day for our generosity, love for one another. Amen. And we see it even in the early days of the church, you remember this from last year's series in Acts, Acts chapter 434, it says, there was not a needy person among them, for as many were owners of lands or houses, sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet and was distributed to each as any had need. John 15 verse 12, the band can join me on stage tells us that this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you are generous to one another as I have been generous towards you. Amen. And so this morning, as Jesus has loved you, as Jesus has given himself completely for you, as Jesus has shown extreme generosity towards you, that means that as Christ followers, it is up to us to love one another with that same love, amen? It's up to us to show that extreme generosity to one another as he has shown it to us. As we reflect the realities of heaven on earth, we should reflect Jesus. And so this morning, I'd love us to make a renewed commitment to Jesus as we press into all that he has for us in 2023, going deeper in his presence, let's make a commitment to living out a generous heart in 2023. I think every single one of us can give ourselves to this, to see the focus to start to come off ourselves. How many of you this morning want to just see a little bit of the focus coming off yourself? Amen, me too. Get the focus off yourself this year. Let's start to defeat materialism around us this year. Imagine a church made up of a thousand people like us being able to defeat generosity in our lives in the city in Jesus' name. How awesome would that be? Come on. To be a, per a, a people who are growing in our faith, that every day you grow and you deepen in, in your faith as you live out a generous heart. And ultimately, as we grow in our generous heart, that we would look more and more like Jesus every day of our lives. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Come on, let's stand up together this morning. So grateful to Jesus for all that he's done, all that he's given. His extreme generosity to us. We're going to worship one more time. But Jesus, we just want to say thank you so much. We want to say thank you for leading by example what it is to be a person of generosity, extreme generosity. For you so loved this world, for you so loved every person in this room and on the stream right now, that you chose to give, that you chose generosity towards humanity. When we didn't deserve it, we don't deserve it, but you chose generosity towards us. And so we want to be a people who live that out. We want to be, be a people who reflect all of heaven on earth. And so won't you help us with that, we ask in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Awesome, let's worship.